So when we think about Christmas, or some call it the holiday season, there's many things that really take our focus off the real meaning of Christmas, which is Jesus. In life, two types of things can really dictate our focus. They could be positive things or they could be negative things. Now, positive things dictate our focus because we're drawn in by them. Everybody likes positive things. We're drawn to positive things. But negative things can actually take our focus because those things kind of disturb us. They, they, they demand our attention. So most people love good positive things and want to focus on those. And most people don't really like negative things. And we get distracted by those negative things. So basically what I want to do this evening is talk about some common areas of focus at Christmas time. Four things that I'm going to list that all, that all four of those things have positives and negatives. So we're going to start with common areas of focus for Christmas. And the first is gifts. Anybody here like gifts? Like uh, I'm sure all the kids, yeah, like gifts. At Christmas, for some, the focus is gifts. Because it's a positive experience, right? Those people, those are the people that love to receive gifts, but they also are the people that give good gifts. They're kind of content with the gifts that they receive. So gift giving for them around Christmas, maybe this is you, is very positive. You, you love the experience. You love giving. You love receiving. You're content. You're not really concerned and worried about getting the wrong thing or receiving the wrong thing. For others, the entire process of gift exchange is an absolute negative. They struggle to get people gifts. They feel bad because they're not content with their gifts, and they usually spend the day after Christmas going and returning gifts. It's kind of negative. It's stressful for them. So when they think about gifts, it's, just, it's, it's anxiety-producing. Positive or negative, gifts can really take our focus off what the real meaning of Christmas is. For some at Christmas, their focus is family because their family is so positive. They love spending time with one another. They have open communication. There is love and there is belonging. So they'll travel and make sure they're home for Christmas. When they hear songs like, I'll be home for Christmas. I'm not going to sing, okay? <laughs> it's terrible. Um, or there's no place like home for the holidays. When they hear songs like that, they're like, yes, I agree. I love my family. But for others, okay? For others, their focus is family because they're distracted by their family. Their family is toxic. They don't enjoy their time together with their family. There's, this, there's no sense of belonging and love in their family has grown cold. The thought of getting together with their family is actually anxiety producing. Or they are grieving the loss of someone at Christmas and the holiday is kind of a reminder that that person is not with them any longer. So positive or negative, Family can take our focus off the real meaning of Christmas. The third thing is busyness, okay? That is a real word, busyness. I made sure I checked because it looks weird, right? With the Y in it. 
okay? Um, but it's actually a word, busyness or work involved of the season. This is positive for some people because they like having things to do. They like to be busy. They like to go places and see people and do things. They love to be busy, and the holidays kind of represents that. Christmas time represents that. I'm like, oh, I have places to go and people to be around and things to do. And then all of a sudden, what happens? January comes, and we're all like, Gah. everybody goes in their house, right? And they don't hang out anymore until like March, okay? We try not to do that. But for others, busyness is a negative because they don't like having things to do. They don't like going and seeing people. They don't like having places to go. It's too much work. They feel obligated. Then if they get out of doing those things, they're like, oh, I have a little cough. I have to get out of this. Okay? Then they feel guilty. I shouldn't have done that. Right? And, and that whole issue of busyness kind of steals their joy around Christmas. So positive or negative, busyness can really take our focus off the real meaning of Christmas. And finally, at Christmas, for some, their focus is the celebrations, parties, gatherings, because they look forward to being with other people and having a good time and celebrating. They're very social, and they're actually energized by being around other people. And for some, or others, getting together, being at a celebration is very difficult. Okay? They're not energized by other people, and actually it's, it, they have social anxiety, and unfortunately, maybe for them, being at celebrations is difficult because they're struggling with some things that maybe tempt them at those parties and at those celebrations. So positive or negative, celebrations can really take our focus off the real meaning of Christmas. So whatever our focus is, it will ultimately consume, whether it's positive or negative, because when Christmas or the Christmas season or the holiday season comes around, our mind goes right to those things that we're focused on. But tonight, what I want to do is this. We're going to learn how to focus on Jesus, because Jesus is what Christmas is really all about. Well, some might say, why? Well, first, our focus should be on Jesus because he is the greatest gift. You know, over 2,000 years ago, this happened. Luke 2.11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The gift of Jesus was like no other gift that was ever given and will go unmatched because the gift of Jesus frees us from our sin. You see, in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Meaning this, in years past, right? In years past, you may have received gifts you didn't need or didn't want. But the truth is, Jesus is the gift we need, whether we think we need him or not, or whether we want him. You might have walked in here thinking, I don't need or want Jesus. I have no use for Jesus. But the truth is, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because we're sinners, we actually need to be saved. When it says that the Savior was born, it was our Savior. Jesus is the Savior of all people all those that believe. Because the question becomes, how do we receive this gift from this Savior? How do we receive the gift, which the Bible calls salvation, 
Well, the scriptures teach us this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. You see, by God's grace, through faith that we have in Jesus. Well, what type of faith do you have to have in Jesus? What do you have to believe about Jesus? Well, the the scriptures teach us this, that we have to believe that Jesus died in our place for our sins, that Jesus rose from the grave. And the scriptures teach us this, the gift is eternal life, not something that we work for. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift, not a result of works so that no one can boast. So this Christmas, no matter if you are happy with the material gifts you've received, stressed out about material gifts that you've given or will give in a few days, make sure your focus is on the greatest gift of eternal life in Jesus. And the scriptures teach us we can receive that gift by believing the gift is actually for you. You need that gift more than any other gift that you think you need. Next, our focus should be on Jesus because he brings us into his family. See, all all that have faith in Jesus are brought into the family of God. There's a popular misconception that people have. They believe that every person is a child of God. You might even believe that. Like when you look at all the people in the whole entire world, you say, we're all children of God. That's actually not what the Bible says. The truth is we're all image bearers of God. Humans are made in God's image, and we're all creations of God. But we are not called children of God or brought into the family of God until we believe in Jesus the Son. Look at what John 1, 12 says. But to all who did receive him, receive that gift, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. One of the many benefits of being a child of God or being in the family of God is that our eternal home then is with God in heaven. Let's look at Ephesians 2.19. It says, So then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. See, but while we're here on this earth, we actually have a responsibility. Being in God's family, like you might have been brought up in a family that, like I described before, it might be that toxic family that you don't really want to be around. So maybe you don't really understand what being in a family is really like. But the truth is, the Bible tells us we have a responsibility to one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, or in other words, our spiritual family. And that's actually found in Galatians 6.10. It says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. So we're supposed to do good to everyone as Christians, and especially those who are of the household of faith. So what the scriptures teach us here is if we have an opportunity to to do good for our spiritual family, it's actually our responsibility to do it. The good news is, is that we now have one another to bind us in Christ as spiritual brothers and sisters. If they need prayer, we need to pray for them. If they need encouragement, we need to encourage them. If they need help, we need to help them. Paul says, especially those 
who are of the household of faith. The implication is the first people we look to do good for are actually one another. Now, why does Paul say that? Well, Jesus actually says this in John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples or followers if you have love for one another. If we love one another, if we take opportunities to do good for one another, we represent Jesus to the world around us. Christians can represent Jesus to the world around us by actually taking care of one another. Does that sound good to you? It sure sounds good to me, knowing that I'm part of a family. For me as a pastor, I've been here 26 or almost 27 years. And you know what? My church family means a lot to me. The reason why is because I have opportunities to serve them. But guess what? I also have opportunities to be served and helped by them. And if those of you who know me and know my family know that that's happened many times where I needed the pastoral care and the love from the church. So that's a good thing, that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, which brings us to what our focus should be on Jesus. And the final thing is he has work for us to do. See, one of the best ways to keep focused as a believer is to keep ourselves busy, remember that busyness, to keep ourselves busy doing the work of God. Why? Because we are God's fellow workers. We are God's fellow workers. See, we have the privilege of doing God's work along with him. For some of you, that work or busyness is something that you like to avoid normally. But know this, the work of God, when you do the work of God, it is fulfilling it has purpose. And guess what? Some of you like jobs with benefits. There are some serious eternal benefits when you're working for God. So you might be wondering, well, what in the world is the work of God? Like, it's easy for you to say you're a pastor. That's what you do, right? Okay. Well, the truth is we all work for God. So what is the work that God has for you? Well, Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Well, what are those good works? Which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Guess what? I don't know what the good works that God has for you are, but I do know this. God has work prepared for you to do. Just be obedient, seek him in prayer, and take opportunities that are right in front of you. Take the opportunities that are right in front of you. If you kind of feel like, oh, maybe I should do this, just do it, okay? If you're thinking, oh, maybe I should, you know, care for this person or, or do this for this person or give this person this, just do it. Maybe it's God tapping you on the shoulder and saying, remember those works I had prepared beforehand? Well, I spent a lot of time preparing those things for you. I want you to walk in them. Now, finally, our focus should be on Jesus because he gives us a reason to celebrate. He gives us a reason to celebrate. Do you know one of the first people, who one of the first people was to celebrate Jesus? Anyone? I'll, I'll give you a hint, okay? Her name was Mary, okay? She actually found out from an angel she was chosen by God to bring forth the Savior. In fact, Mary knew that Jesus was also her Savior. Get this? Mary knew that Jesus was her Savior. She said this, and Mary said, 
My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Some of the next people to celebrate were the wise men. Do you remember them? We got the little light up on the front lawn, right? With the wise men, okay? Matthew 2, 2 says this. Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. One of the ways we as Christians celebrate is we worship. Is we worship. We came here tonight to come together, right, as God's family, as those who have received the gift, to come and learn more about how we can work for him, right? But not only that, how we can celebrate him. Christmas would be incomplete okay, without this, wouldn't it? It would be incomplete without getting together and focusing on Jesus. But do you know what? We don't just focus on Jesus at Christmas. Okay? We have 364 other days to focus on Jesus as believers. So I'm going to close in a word of prayer. Becky and Chris are going to come up. They're going to sing a song so you guys can remain seated. And then we'll do Silent Night together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this evening. We're thankful, Lord, that we can come here and learn more about you. We can come here and focus our attention on you. We know all the things, positive or negative, that try to steal our focus from you are things that can be good in our lives, but they can actually be detrimental if we allow them to be. We pray, Jesus, that we would all spend time focusing our attention on you, not only on this day, but on all the days to come until you bring us home to be with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.